0: Reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door
1: with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Matt Chernoff from 680 The Fans, Chuck and Chernoff Show here. And I want to say thanks for listening to today's episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast. You can find it on Apple, Spotify, and all your favorite podcast apps. Chase Thomas went to Parkview in North Georgia. He's a local Atlanta kid, and he won't let the Luca vs. Trey thing go. He interned with us back in the day, and you'll always remember him. Anyway, definitely go check out com where you can find all of Chase's previous episodes, all of his articles, and do him a solid. Leave him a rating and review if you're an Apple podcast listener. Reminder to listen to our show, Chuck and Chernoff, Monday through Friday, three to seven on 680 of the fan, and subscribe to my podcast as well. Welcome to Mount Lana, wherever you get your podcasts. Chase Thomas Podcast, the Chase Thomas Podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to, of See, I hate, I already hate it. I hate it.
0: All right, hello and welcome to a Thursday night edition of the Chase Stones podcast. Longtime friend Derek Montilla is here at the Steel Cage podcast of Arizona Sports. He's out there watching terrible ass Diamondbacks games every week. The last place in the NL West, Arizona Diamondbacks, couldn't relate. The first place braves wouldn't understand it, but it sounds pretty, pretty dubious. Um, I don't know what the latest is on Bumgarner, but Robbie Ray not being very good and probably leaving, but uh, all bad there. Like the Blazers might win tonight as we're recording and then knock out the undefeated sons. Like, what are you Dan, doing? Are you doing? The,
2: I'll leave right now. No. Like we don't. Is this how this is how you welcome a guest onto your show? <laughs> uh, uh, is a worse. <laughs> case, Tom.
0: I was really just, wrong about just, the Diamondbacks. Like I had them as like a dark horse or a wild card. I like I like what hazen has been doing. I like I, I like their I like Martell a lot. I like this group. They're they're let me, let me they're terrible
2: a little bit. I'll just say they're they're not terrible.
0: I mean they're because worse they the
2: worst than the they just took two out of three. They're not actually. They are one. They're half a game better than the San Francisco. Giants. Oh, they Giants just passed right? the
0: Giants because the Rockies. Yeah, well, just pay okay. attention. I'm just saying. If you're uh, a sports guy, right. you yeah, yeah, probably great, great, have to be on the center, mm-hmm. I'm
2: just saying. Uh, but that's fine because it's also a 60 game season, and they're like a whole four games back from first place. I'm not super worried about it, but I also didn't have really big ambitions for this team. Uh, what I am disappointed about though is the parts that you just brought up is Madison Bumgarner and Robbie Ray. Uh, the young pieces of this team have been coming together quite nicely it, with the exception of you know Luke Weaver who's a struggle at times Merrill Kelly and Zach Gallen have both been excellent. Uh, I, I really like young who has been in the bullpen who I feel like should be a part of the starting rotation, but the guys that you thought you were going to be able to count on, you know, the, the one, two of the rotation have been mm. the parts they can't count on. And I really think that's, that's been a, the biggest problem. Like their offense has really stunk at times, but the fact that they can't count on the, the ACE that they just brought in to take over in, in Zach Granke's absence and, Robbie Ray, who's in a contract year, you know, so really he's just hurting himself as far as his ability to get a big contract outside of this year. Like, I I was pretty sure he wasn't going to resign with Arizona in general, but at this point, I'm not sure who he's going to sign with. I'm not sure who's going to want him. With uh, the performances that he's had so far this year, so nah, it's it's not been great. At the very least, though, I have been able to go to the ballpark, and that's been nice to actually. Uh, How weird be, is it being there with no fans? You know, it's not it's not weird without the fans, but the piped in crowd noise is weird at times because when you're sitting there and you're not listening to the announcers on TV, you start to hear the uh, pattern of the crowd and when the mp3 starts and stops it's like when you have a sound machine and it's like plays a wave sound with some seagulls playing but eventually you start to pick up the pattern and you're like oh yeah it's about 30 seconds long and it ends right here and there it starts again and you can start to hear that that kind of you know repetition in in the the weird crowd noise and stuff like that i i I don't know i mean i i I don't typically, like, I miss being able to go down and get food and go down and kind of uh, be able to watch the game from different angles. It, it's not like the press box doesn't have a great view, but I think, like, I just feel a little claustrophobic not being able to, like, move around like I normally do. When I'm at the ballpark, I go down, I get I get my slushy drink from the, from the you know, coffee place, and I, I watch the game from behind home plate for a little bit and down behind and you know, certain areas. And I just, I like to take walks and, and be at the ballpark. Uh, it's, it's definitely a weird feeling to have to sit in the, in the press box the whole time and wear a mask and do all of that. I still feel pretty lucky though, to get to be there because I know nobody gets to watch live sports in person. And yeah, it's a big deal for me to, to be one of the few that gets to be there covering the game and, and seeing it live. Still love the crack of the bat and the sound of the mitt. You know, I don't I, I, I don't need all of that crowd noise stuff. I don't know how much the players need it. I really don't. Um but yeah I, I, I do dig that they still do like all of the uh the the walk the walk up music and the and the train sounds for David Peralta and all of that kind of stuff. That stuff I, I like Regardless of the fans being there or not, I think that gets the team hyped and and all that. Uh, some some uh, some teams have still been doing fireworks and such when home runs go off. Uh, I feel like that's a little bit excessive, but hey, do your thing, man. Celebrate, enjoy yourselves. I I, I don't know. It, it's a weird it's a weird thing.
0: And I mean, whatever uh, you want to do at your at my field, um, I'm okay with whatever at uh, my ballpark, as you know.
2: You don't live in Atlanta anymore, Chase. You know that.
0: I didn't say Atlanta. I'm saying your ballpark. What is it called?
2: Oh, ballpark. oh Chase Field. Yeah. Chase. Yeah. I yeah, don't like that. My ballpark. That's, that's, I don't like that you did that. <laughs> that's gross. That feels
0: gross and weird. My ballpark.
2: Because I'm inside of you. Yeah, you know? you're inside of me. I don't, don't want to be a week? inside of
0: you. Are you inside yeah, of me I'll, four days a week? I'm going to be inside of you tomorrow. Hell yeah.
2: And Hell Saturday. yeah. Yeah, I am.
0: I mean... Look, we've known each other for a long time.
2: I'm, this is getting weird. This is bringing <laughs> up that WAP video and
0: some of the lyrics from it. I think we should just move on to pro wrestling. That's why. Yeah, that's going to be way less weird. Because um, pro wrestling is never weird, as you and I know. Um, you know what's gross. funny? I have a friend of the podcast, William R. Washington. Love him on RBR Wrestling. Has been talking about Scorpio Sky being built up. As the most logical person to beat Cody for the TNT title, the new TNT title looks great. I love the finished good. product. It looks very good. I, agree. I think they did. A great job. Obviously, did not I, I, win. I, I don't know.
2: I don't know why they didn't have that finalized. By the way, before they debuted,
0: I don't really care. I, like, it's fine. No one's gonna remember any of that. Like, I don't really care. No. I care about the finished product. You're no right. one's gonna remember. Like, we're not gonna remember a year from now that they went a long time without the fin. Like, we're not gonna care. Like it's just we're not gonna remember it. But I was surprised as I was watching this because he had talked me into it. Where it's like they're padding his stats. He's he gets his own theme music. He's added to the intro. Like Scorpio Sky is now a important part of AW Dynamite. Then he loses, and then we have the Birdie Lee segment. I was stunned. Like I read down my notes, so I was just like, this was all baffling to me. Like I really it made sense that Scorpio sky would be the one to beat Cody and he just didn't. Were you stunned that Scorpio sky who was built up as the most logical challenger and as this new guy who broke away from SCU, not beating Cody, were you surprised?
2: Yes. Okay. yes, I was surprised. Um, and I'll also give a W credit because of the fact that they have done such a good job with this TNT title and giving anybody a shot at it, including Warhorse, who he's I good. personally worked with here in Phoenix, and like just he's had not a chance. Signed though, right? Uh, no, he's not signed. But I, I just had an opportunity to talk to him. You know, like about the internet stuff he does and his character. He's just good. And I just realized he's just like really brilliant. Like the stuff he talked about, it was really smart, and he didn't overcomplicate it he just was like, yeah, man, shit, I got this thing 3D printed up, and I spray painted a part of my house, and I do these videos, and, and like, you know, I, I only knew him prior to that as being this guy that, you know, ripped his mouth on a turnbuckle during a match, you know, that was it, and, and so, like, that's not a great reputation to have, that's not a great character, and I didn't even know he was the same guy, you know, but uh, he did a great job of developing something that people found interesting and funny and and wanting to get behind and that support pushed him all the way to AEW. you know having him as one of the contenders but you're absolutely right um it felt like they were kind of throwing anybody at him to show that anybody could have a chance and meanwhile they were doing this kind of slow build with scorpio sky uh scorpio sky is one of the best wrestlers that AEW has so to be honest, SCU's kind of held him back a little bit, and I'm glad to see him break away. I think that he will be one of their biggest stars. I think that they're they're putting the slow burn on too many of their top stars, though.
0: I, I don't, but I don't hate that because of the no fans. I, like, don't, I don't. I don't. I don't.
2: I don't either. But it. eventually, we got to get around to it, right? Yeah. Like you know, and that's the thing is, is like maybe doing something like turning the Bucks heel would would be a big shift. Well, they're
0: definitely not after this week.
2: Right. No, I, I get you. I get you. Uh, but I'm just saying, like, there's times where it feels like um, they don't want to be the stereotypical pro wrestlers who start their own company and push themselves so much that they're doing a detriment to themselves and their company by doing that because they still are some of the best pro wrestlers on the planet, including Kenny Omega and the Bucks. And you know, whatever. But also, Omega's a tag team champion. Cody's the the TNT champion. So it's not like they're not having success. Uh, they're just they're just doing this sometimes with some of their guys that at this point they could already be past that point and pushing them. Scorpio Sky is absolutely that guy. And yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what to think. I think that um the situation with Cody and that title has become the 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 best thing since John Cena was holding the u s open challenge, and to a degree, this is even better. I would argue that it's better just because they they took that extra Can step I ask you something of, about this of bringing in these guys, these top indie guys that are that are you know well known, not just jobbers to to wrestle him.
0: I mean, Ricky Starks got signed because of this. And Ricky Starks is great. Like, he's going to be a star. Like, I love Ricky Starks. He
2: starts. He's Um, great.
0: I think Sonny Kiss is still his best match. Yeah. Sonny Kiss made him work differently. Because I am not the biggest Cody Match fan. Like, I'm just not. Like, I think he is. Oh. He's good at a... Do you think he's turning, by the way? Like, do you think we're heading to the new Force Horseman with him and FTR... And Tully and Arn and um, Sean Spears. Do you think they're where they're going? Well, uh, first of all, I think I'm, he works I'm, better as heel. The reason I asked that is I think I'm he really worked heel in that, that match in the Sunny Kiss match, and that's part of the reason I liked it more. Is I think he's a much better heel wrestler.
1: Did, did he? I mean, hasn't he kind
2: of worked a little bit heel in a lot of these matches when the opponent
0: is? Like an indie darling.
2: Yeah, like I feel like... But that's that's... what his
0: bread and butter is. I think that's why I've enjoyed it more. Is because he actually, for whatever reason, his wrestling style is very uh, conducive for heel work. But the fans love him. Like I was at that show where he won the steel cage match against Wardlow. And everyone's just chanting Cody. Like Cody was just super over and he is just like the guy who gave pro wrestling fans this new amazing thing. And it's very hard to turn heel when you are looked at as like the, the benefactor for this great promotion that people are happy exists. Like that's a hard thing to make. It's going to be hard for Cody to make people hate him. I really do believe that.
2: Well, here's the thing is it's not that hard because they've already come under a lot of scrutiny. You had this AEW heels um, subscription service for women that was supposed to be all inclusive But it's not inclusive of women that can't financially pay for a subscription service, and it also doesn't seem to be very inclusive of trans women or you know other gender types that aren't necessarily classified as women. People are looking
0: to hate Brandy. Like, what's not fair for Brandy is no matter what she does, people are going to compare her to Stephanie, and that's not fair. People
2: people are going to scrutinize everything, but also I think Brandy, Brandy went really heel with it with one of her tweets. And she was really just like super, I don't know. She was super um, braggadocious about herself. I, I know she was doing it kind of in jest, but it doesn't help the situation. And it also doesn't help that Cody is taking to Twitter and defending her and like arguing with people that are, you know, saying, mean things about her online, but that's the type of stuff that could lead to a very natural heel turn, both with people and storyline wise. I think that Cody already has the ammunition at this point to kind of go in a heel direction. And, um, I don't know that four horsemen thing is pretty good. It's not talked about enough that Tolly Blanchard had a, had a, uh, manager at one time that was also called the perfect 10, by the way, I didn't know this. Yeah, it was a. I also late... learned this
0: week that he was really blackballed and got really, really screwed over by WCW and WWF back in the day. That he was the one who got screwed over in the Four Horsemen.
2: Yeah, well, I'm I'm not surprised by that. I'm also not surprised. by... It's a good text by... thread.
0: If you have not read it from Bix, um, from Deadspin, I don't know where he's writing now. I think he has a newsletter, but David Bixman. Um I did not know this, but it was it was interesting. Um,
2: Baby Doll was his manager, by the way. The Perfect Ten.
0: Is it too soon to do MJF and Mox? Uh, No. Okay. Not at all. I'm just so nervous about this because like if there was ever one match that just needed fans like MJF and Mox, the atmosphere for that, I with a full arena would just be incredible like it would I, be so over the that. top and mox coming out of the crowd and mj like everything about that match i feel like needs fans i really really do but i also understand that they're like we can't hold this off forever we can't wait for covid to be gone we have to do this i understand it but i'm still nervous about it
2: i'm i'm not I wouldn't be nervous about it, but it's this weird thing that's kind of like the Drew McIntyre situation with WWE. Well, he sucks, so where, we can move on there. Oh, God damn you, Chase. <laughs> but like, that's, that's the problem, is that you can say he sucks, I can say he's great, but there's no litmus test for it. There's no crowd, True. so there's no dead reaction or there's no pop. Uh, to be honest, at one point, Drew was getting a pretty huge pop before he was even champion with his antics. And I feel like you can do whatever you want to do, but only got
0: Drew, you can keep going down this road. But like who didn't love Drew and uh, Heath Slater and uh, Dolph Ziggler for the last month? Just all time. Great stuff from from Drew.
2: <laughs> I, I, I don't know if this is a knock or not, but I'm just saying that there's this thing in pro wrestling that where they're comparing it to not doing with their companies, with AEW and other things, what the WWE has done with Drew. And that is put someone out there who they really have no clue how the fans are reacting to it. There, there's not this huge talk online about Drew. So you can't say that he's causing a buzz, but there's also not this open, like, you know, like like there would be with a lot of guys that fans hate there's not this like desire to see him lose the championship like when roman was champion or something of that sort there's like no reaction and to be honest that's kind of that's worse than having even a bad reaction because a bad reaction you can spin into a storyline thing or you can do whatever to manipulate the fans natural reaction to this person into something else or into a storyline When there's no reaction, yeah, there's, there's, you have no idea where to go with that. You know, I know that there's been, there's been mostly praise for Drew, but it's more like, Hey, he's doing a good job. You know, like there's not that, like, you know, we're blown away. He's our champion. And I love this guy so much kind of reaction to him. And you usually have that from a section of the WWE fans, no matter who's champion. So that that's one thing that's definitely lacking with that i think that that whole situation is what's taking is causing companies like aew to kind of put everything on pause for the time being you know they're 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 holding off on making any major matchups and they're holding off on making any major feuds until they can have fans back in the stands and can go back to you know running a wrestling show to the way that they're used to running a wrestling show. I just think that that's an undetermined amount of time. And I don't know how long you can hold off and and do that for, you know, I, I will say that the TNT championship, though, that's been something that's been exciting. And no matter who the challenger is, is is it's, it seems to get my attention and the attention of the wrestling world. So I, I think they've done an excellent job with that.
0: What is Orange Cassidy's ceiling? I've been <laughs> thinking about this a lot. Is he with fans? I think he's the top like babyface in this company. Like, I think he has top babyface comp- potential. Is Orange Cassidy somebody they should? Build around as their top guy over the next five years? Like, is he someone who's a cornerstone? Like, I don't know the answer to this. I go back and forth on this. Like, his match with Jericho this week sucked. I don't know how much of that was his fault or Jericho clearly coming off a bender. Um, I, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I love Orange okay. Cassidy. Orange Cassidy you're, you're, is incredible.
2: You're kind of right about this. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kind of agree with okay. you on your confusion here. Um, because Orange Cassidy is the kind of guy that when I saw the first time on an on an independent wrestling stage, I fell in love with, but immediately thought, like, okay, well, I've seen that. Like, I didn't have this immediate desire to see more because I felt like I'd seen the entire
0: show. Yeah. You were like, this like, is The Rock. Uh, it's...
2: It's this aloof guy that's too cool for wrestling, but eventually and inevitably will get pulled in by his opponent based on a level of disrespect or a level of physical altercation that requires him to physically defend himself and now fight this dude. But -hmm. he doesn't want to. And at times during the match, he'll even try to like go back into his cool guy mode and like walk away, and then of course he gets pulled back in, so he has to beat a guy's ass even more. That part I loved and I adored about him, but I just didn't think that the gimmick or the idea had legs. And I would have never thought in a million years that it would have been something that would have had legs for television. Because after you see it five or six times, you're like, okay, I've seen that. That was my problem with several Lucha Underground gimmicks. It was cool, but once you had seen it, a half a dozen times you're like oh okay all right i got it i get it yeah got it you're gonna do the same thing every time like orange he's at least
0: really good there. at it like he's really really good like he was great well, in the debate last at, week he's he's he's, he's good, good at really keeping talented it
2: he's good at keeping it fresh and there's no pun intended there but he somehow keeps that gimmick going and I think a big part of it is because he himself understands it really well. And AEW is just letting him go. Like, If I were to tell
0: you that he reminds me a lot of Drake Maverick, what would you say?
2: I would say it would make sense for you to say that in the aspect that Drake Maverick comes off like the kind of guy that can't really defend himself and then will prove to be, you know, capable of, of fighting. Yeah, he and doesn't
0: want to. You're just nasty. like, I don't think he looks like he should be able to hang with the rest of these guys, but then you watch the right. match, and you're like, this is great. But also, like, yeah. he is the most entertaining person on every segment that he's on, where it's just like, and- you know when he gets a segment, it's going to be good. So, when Orange Cassidy yeah. gets his time, he'll be good. But you don't build your show around Orange Cassidy or Drake Maverick. You just have them as a part every week, and you're like, this is happy.
2: I guess that's a great point is it's really hard to be a top guy that they build the show around when you're going to be seen as being repetitive and you're going to be seen as, you know, someone that's going to get a lot of TV time every week. So your material better stay fresh and all of that stuff. It's sank countless number of superstars on WWE. I mean, that was the main problem with John Cena it wasn't that john cena wasn't talented or ridiculously gifted in the ring when it came to doing certain things like you know l- being a sh- the strongest dude in the ring at times but when you are the guy that's relied on to be the focal point of the show week in and week out all of your all all of your little foibles all of your you know little things that you can't do are going to be exposed if John Cena was one of those guys who was like a mid-carder who was just called on to do like a a short segment every week and then come out and do the FU on some big-ass dude that was two times his size, fucking, he'd be the most over guy in WWE still to this day. You know, I, I think that no matter who you are, it makes it really hard when WWE wants to put the entire show on your shoulders and make it where people get sick of you. You know, I don't think Orange Cassidy could handle that. I don't think Orange Cassidy could handle being in the spotlight or his character, at least not to say the guy can't handle it. because I, I fully think he's capable of it, but I just think the character would grow stale if it was a focal p- point on A.W. every single week. A.W. has the luxury of like switching their roster up every week and having guys come out and kind of be, you know, this week they were focusing on tag division and this week we're going to focus on the women a little bit, even though they never really do that. Um, but they, uh, they, they have that opportunity to not let any particular guy get stale because they can switch up the lineup and, and, you know, give someone like orange a week or two off where you're like, Hey, I want to see Cassidy. What the hell, you know, or at least have him not wrestle where he shows up and does something, but he's not, you know, wrestling in the ring. um, and that's I don't know. That's it. I, I it's not to say that he can't be a top face and a and a great, you know, wrestler, a great guy for years for that company. I just don't know if that character has that main, you know, baby face going after the AEW championship type of legs to it. I could be wrong though. That guy's super talented.
0: Okay. Who do you think ultimately now that Scorpio Sky is out? Who do you think should be Cody, but also two-parter? Who is the right team to finally upend Kenny Omega and Hangman, Page?
2: I, I think it's got to be FTR. I think FTR has to be the team to do it. I think mm-hmm. FTR... I, I, mm-hmm. think, I think they've laid the groundwork for so long they on... Have this whole situation they've laid it with the with hangman page being kind of just different from kenny omega i think that that team needs to go away because aw has done a ridiculously good job of building up hangman page who is somebody that i didn't care for in the slightest and now i think is one of the biggest stars in their company and honestly and i mean, you know, he's
0: still only 29
2: that's what I mean. Yeah, he's super young, but just they changed the perception of him. Don't get me wrong. Like, I know that there was a lot of, there, there was a lot of, like, you know, buildup around Hangman Page. I know a lot of people liked him and, and Ring of Honor and stuff like that. I just personally didn't. So I'm just speaking from a position of myself. But yeah, man, I, I think that they've just completely turned me around on him and I can't wait to see him be a singles wrestler and I can't wait to see Kenny be a singles wrestler. So like that tag team, it's I'm, it, it has me personally foaming at the mouth for them to break up and lose those championships so that both of those guys can go their respective ways. Hmm. But what was your, your first question was who, so beat who, who beats Cody? Yeah. I still think it's Scorpio sky, man. So he gets I really another do. Shot. I haven't changed on that a bit. I mean, that that's not uncommon, right? I mean True. all they have to do is hold another tournament or some other situation where he can win an opportunity again. And then it turns into that two part, you know, situation. And and then, you know, then you, you have Cody versus Scorpio Sky three if he wins it uh for, for the rematch. And then it allows you know, him do. to retain over Cody and and walk away as being the guy that took two out of three and proved to be the better man. Um because
0: of what happened here with Scobria's guy, I would probably move on from that for a little bit. But I, I know my answer here. I would keep it on him for a little bit and I would just have Pac. When Pac returns, Pac is the one I would uh, He was the he makes the most sense to me. And then can you imagine a Pac open challenge for a couple months? just every week knowing that you're going to have Pac doing eight to 10 minute matches with people. Pac and is the answer that, here. I think
2: that guy had a match with Karen Noir, uh, in Riptide wrestling. That was not only filmed beautifully, like one of the most cinematic matches ever, but man, just the story that the two of those guys told. And I, I didn't even know who Karen Noir was at the time. So like it, it captivated me to, watch this match that had no story buildup and no idea who the other guy was in this ring besides looking like a very overzealous, you know, theater actor and just watching the two of these guys absolutely tear it down. So I'm completely on board with that. I think that Pac is one of those guys that I'd put up there with probably you know, the top five underutilized guys in this company based on them trying to like, downplay and build other people up and i get it because it's valuable and it works and and you have to do that in order for you know the guys you build up to come off as being equivalent competition for the guys we all know are perennial badasses essentially but um i don't know I'm, i'm i'm excited to see where they go with it no matter what it feels like every week could be the week he loses it, that's a great feeling, you know. I mean, there's times where I'm like more, eh, you know, like I didn't really think Warhorse was going to come in and beat him, right? But I, I was with you on Scorpio Sky, and and now I feel that a little bit, even with you know, with Brody Lee. Do I think mm-hmm. he's going to
0: actually win it? No, no bad well, idea.
2: But if he did, I don't think I'd be surprised. I'd be like, annoyed. I, eh. I don't think if you're do going to pull
0: either. the trigger on Scorpio sky. You don't pull it on birdie Lee. That's just shitty to me. That, uh,
2: that, that, that is one thing that I don't want this company to become is like this place where they just signed a bunch of X WWE guys and are going to put titles on them because they made some sort of promise to them. Yeah. or whatever uh, Contractually for them to be champions. Uh, and honestly, it's, I, I don't know the, the, the dark order thing hasn't landed with me as well as it did earlier before we knew who the exalted one was going to be. I I still think that they made a bit of a mistake by not having it be Matt Hardy, but Mm. you know, whatever. I think that's just my, my own personal feeling on it. So, uh, but the, the Brody Lee thing, just even though it's hilarious that he's constantly doing a Vince McMahon parody, Uh, it's kind of grown thin after a while on me too.
0: Transitioning to Impact Wrestling. Are we sure Eric Young should be competing for the World Heavyweight title in any promotion in 2020?
2: Oh boy. Well, he's a former Impact champion. I love Sanity. Sanity's still one of my favorite
0: entrances of all time. An all-time pro wrestling entrance. Just 10 out of 10. You love to see it. He's just not good yep. enough. Eddie Edwards yep. versus Eric Young is not a world title feud. I don't know, man. I mean,
2: yeah, I'm with you. It's kind of how I felt about every single one of Drew McIntyre's rivalries. It's been like... Oh, no, really? that's a
0: Drew McIntyre problem. See, so here's where you no, got that messed no, up. Um, no, so, no, Drew McIntyre stinks, no, and whatever no. you see him in is going to be worse because he's actually in it.
2: Here's the thing. Chase Thomas <laughs> is a garbage human being, and he says <laughs> bad things about people who I know... Who would kick you in the face? Mm. I don't they
0: know. I, I'm he's, not talking about him as a person. I bet you Drew McIntyre nice is a guy. delightful human. He would human. never kick you in the face. I'm just joking. I about think he's that. a delightful person. He's oh, also he's a liar. Delightful. He says, talk less, clay more. You know who talks a lot? Drew McIntyre. talks a lot. He plays,
2: he plays a lot too. He plays he a lot. As
0: much as he's talking. Uh, he talks a lot these days. He's a talker.
2: I think that, uh, again, that's a situation of them probably bringing in somebody new. That they made promises to. Um, and that's that's it. No, I don't think so. I think Impact has done an excellent job. Of not needing to. Be that. Landing place for WWE. Impact's um, in good
0: shape. They have built sucks. their women's division very well. Their women's division is very strong. And their tag you know division is now is very is strong.
2: They just went after. Their, they just went after really great. Talent on the indies. Mm-hmm. Bringing bringing the Motor City machine guns back was a great move. I think the North is great. I think that they have a lot of good things going on. And I also think that they made some pretty brave calls on parting ways with people that were really popular in their company. Right. That they, they parted ways with based on a lot of allegations and things I mean, came. They really
0: lost their most important figure two weeks ago or three weeks ago. Oh, whatever. dude. Tessa dude, was their most like, valuable asset. Like Tessa. Not is only
2: Tessa, but
0: the Michael Elgin. I mean, I think Tess is a much bigger asset than Michael Elgin.
2: No, no, no. But I'm just saying they had a lot of. Um, they they had a big storyline devoted to Michael yes. Elgin and bringing in Eric Young or whoever he was supposed to be bringing in. Um, but uh, I think I think that they did a better job about assessing indie talent that was available and bringing those guys in, like Chris Bay and such. Rather than bringing in you know exiles, impact became a show where you could see some of the top indie talent on TV that really hasn't been given an opportunity yet. Um, as a matter of fact, guys like Chris Bay are basically told by WWE to go to Impact and build a name for themselves first before WWE is even interested in signing them. You know what I mean so it's like that's one of those situations where you you have to realize that impact has has a role in this whole situation and that even WWE is aware of what they're doing and and their place in basically giving a lot of indie talent their first television time um but I don't know I think there's a lot of better choices I think that they have you know a lot of great talent down there that they could focus on besides someone like Eric Young uh again it's it's he's a former World Impact you know champion so I think that's their, their main reason for doing it. I, I thought the whole attack on Rich Swan was dumb. I thought Rich Swan's retirement speech was pretty hokey and very salmon jacket worthy. Mm. Um, but, I, you know, I don't know. I don't watch Indy. I, I don't watch Impact for that. I, I watch Impact for Rob Van Dam to make out with his hot girlfriend. That's what I Girl watch Girlfriends.
0: Girlfriends. Hell yes. Put some respect on his name. Um, who's living
2: a better life than that guy Right now nobody Oh, I can tell
0: you one Here's the One who's living better than the silver wrap up Randy Orton Ha <laughs> he is The uh, I will say the best professional Wrestler in the world right now He yeah, can't is argue with that. Just he's on another level Like everything Randy Orton's doing every Week it's such a shame that he's doing it with no Fans because Randy Orton Has just been on a mission 2020 Like we're all complaining We're all having a terrible year. We're all annoyed. You know who was like, you know what? What if I just had the best professional wrestling year of my life? What if I just like really zoned in and just made the most of it? That's Randy Orton. And it bums me out. (laughs) that He's doing all this with no fans and like everything with Ric Flair has been great. Like Randy Orton is playing chess while the rest of the WWE locker room is playing checkers. Like Randy Orton is incredible right now like he is my favorite wrestler in this company right now he is someone that is just he's just perfect he's like he's just perfected professional wrestling he knows what it takes to be great and he's just like i'll turn on when i want to and when i'm not motivated i'm just not going to and he's like you know what i'm motivated so i'm gonna do it and uh i appreciate uh him doing that because randy orton is actually the goat he's great yep when
2: he, you you absolutely hit the nail on the head when he's motivated. Yep, that's exactly it, man. He he's the best that there is and he can turn it on whenever he wants to and he can also coast and like disappear into yes. non-existence when when he doesn't feel compelled to put in an effort. The thing about that that coasting is that I think that's what allows him to be great at other times because mm. he it's almost like he's gone with an injury, but he's really not. He's just in a feud with, you know, some mid Carter right now. But he'll be back. You know, he's feuding with Mustafa Ali, but don't
0: worry, he'll, he'll be. No done one's feuding Mustafa Ali. He just Mustafa Ali just takes losses from people. Well, yeah, it's very sad. He, Mustafa Ali, like him and Ricochet, I just. I'm pretty
2: sure that they're both parts of aces and five eights.
0: I mean, ricochet has gotta be gone. Like he should not resign. Like Ricochet needs to make it very clear that he's gone. Like he needs to be very adamant. Like I'm out of here. This is it. Um, Hey, Hey, let me tell you something.
2: I was present for his final night mm -hmm. at Lucha Underground. I was present. I was there for the season finale of season two when Prince Puma lost his championship. And even after they went off air, this dude was, like, exalted by the, you know, fans around the rig and held up like a goddamn god. And I just can't understand how you go from that to being, like, misused in the WWE roster and being okay with that. You know what I mean? Like, uh, everywhere he's gone, even even in New Japan, which is already crowded with an excessive number of stars and, and hard to break out saw a tremendous amount of potential in him and always featured him, you know, pretty highly. Um, I I I don't know. I'm 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 with you on that. He's definitely somebody that's been lost in the shuffle when it comes to WWE. I never expected to see him be part of a tag team in a million years. Like, that's his thing that he's he's a tag team now? That's wild to me. Um so Uh, it's, it's another case of WWE merely wanting to hold back talent and companies from utilizing that talent so that they would, you know, possibly surpass WWE. They'd rather just acquire that talent and do next to nothing with them. Um, rather than let them thrive somewhere else. And yeah, I know it's, it's all about the mighty dollar. So it's up to that talent to make that decision to sign, Mm. uh, it just it's interesting sometimes to see like like we watched the talk in Shopamania with, with the good brothers, Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows, and it was the dumbest hour and a half pay-per-view I've ever seen in my life. But at the same time, it was hilarious. And me and my friends, we drank and we had a great time watching it because it was so stupid and it was so funny, but it was so Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows' sense of humor. Mm. It was so their brand that they've had on their podcast and everywhere else that they've gone. But we never got to experience it in WWE because WWE wants to acquire talented people, but then they don't want to let them present their talent. They don't want to let them be talented the way they're naturally talented. They want them to change their ways and be the way that WWE wants them to be. And I think that's their biggest mistake is you know you take someone like Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows and you try to you know dumb down their sense of humor and make it television appropriate and you have them doing some dumb you know uh jokes about urine and stuff as as doctors and that segment they had years ago that was terrible i don't want that you know now well yeah but you know what i mean like it's yeah. some stupid stupid poorly written thing versus it being like what these guys are, which is just kind of silly and ridiculous, and they're very d x adjacent d x would have never been d x if they never let these guys just kind of do their own jokes and make fun the way they wanted to. if they were controlling d x it would have been stupid as hell, you know? yep,
0: I agree, all right, well, we gotta wrap up here, um Derek, this has been great as always, sir. What can we check out from you? this week on the steel cage or arizona sports or what what can we look out for you
2: well uh check out the steelcage.com always um we have the main podcast where we chat about wrestling and then we also have the snack podcast that I co-host with my friend tim where we do snack ratings uh we just did uh, i don't know some ridiculous snack skittles dipped so check that out if you're interested in those. Um, also on Arizona sports, I'll be covering the Arizona diamondbacks throughout this weird 60 game season. Um, so please check out that. And if you're interested in hearing a podcast about baseball and the Arizona diamondbacks, for some reason uh, check out the ain't no fang podcast that's available on ArizonaSports.com.
0: Go do that. Derek, keep up the great work, sir. And we will talk Thank soon.
2: You. Thank you, Chase. Thank you for having me, and um, thank this you for belittling my ever sports. To this
0: podcast ever. I know.
2: Can I, well, here, let me change that. I hate you, Chase. <laughs> I hate you. you so. much. That feels much better.
1: Thank you. That feels like home. This is Ben Ingram, radio voice of the Atlanta Braves, and I'm here to tell you that you've reached the end of today's episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast. As a friend of the podcast, I'd like to say thank you for listening to today's episode, and hope you return for the next one. To show your support for the program, tell a friend or co-worker or even a family member about the program. And if you're an Apple Podcast listener, leave the show a rating and a review. Goes a long way. That'll do it for me. But don't forget to listen to myself and the rest of the team at 680 The Fan and the Braves Radio Network this season. Go Braves!
2: Nicely done, nephew.